0: What's good, Illini Nation? It's your man in the middle, Deion Thomas. And I think I have somewhat recovered from my hangover in Indianapolis. But maybe my man that we have with me, sitting with me tonight, will help me get over it a little bit better. Feel a little bit better about the disappointment, but also about the fun time I had over at Indianapolis. We have one of the absolute best, not only played at the University of Illinois, coached at the University of Illinois, and then... Went on to be a broadcaster with ESPN. We got one of the best and one of my buddies, and I really appreciate it. Sean Harrington joining us tonight. What's up, Coach? How are we doing? Thanks for having me on, Dion. Man, you know it's always hey, it's that time of year, man, and I can't think of another or better person to have on than you.
1: That's high praise. I appreciate it. It's uh, it is. It's it's the best time of the year. Um, you know, you start talking about conference tournaments, NCAA tournaments is what it's all about. You know how it is. There's a different feel in the arenas when it comes this time of year, whether it's conference tournaments or NCAA tournaments, it's hard to describe, but there's a, there's a buzz and there's a little bit of a magical feeling, something that you don't feel in any other game during the season. So it's, it's a blast this time of year.
0: You know, you, you have experienced that as a player and a coach. I've experienced it as a player, Um, But I I wish the fans could understand how electric, um, how all of the emotions that you get from the feel of being involved in, like you said, a conference, but then on top of that, you add even more to it when you bring in the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is an amazing opportunity and I, I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say this, I absolutely loved this time of year. I mean, I could not be more excited at this time of year, man. I I, I was going crazy. I'm going crazy now. <laughs> Just yeah. thinking about it. And We haven't even gotten rolling yet, man. Whew. Yeah. It,
1: it is. It, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Obviously, you you go back to like, this is childhood, right? You're growing up, watching these games on TV, dreaming of playing in these atmospheres, dreaming of being in this position. And then when it happens for you, uh, it is, it's incredible. And I mean, you think playing in packed arenas every single night in the Big Ten would prepare you for a Big Ten conference tournament and then also the NCAA, but it doesn't. And, And I mean, you were involved in bragging rights. You know, as an Illinois fan, it's half and half so it, but it's still there's a different feeling in a conference tournament there's a different feeling in an ncaa tournament than even a bragging rights game where the crowd split down the middle so it is i i say it's it's magical there is a magical feeling that you can't kind of put it on uh you can't really uh describe it but but when you walk between those lines it's not just another game and you can feel that you can feel the excitement. You can feel the, uh, the energy and you can feel the pressure. You can
0: really feel the pressure when you get into these games. And I mean, it's definitely palpable throughout the the whole arena, but you know, you talked about the, the big 10 tournament. Now, of course, there was no big 10 tournament when I was coming along. I I guess I'm a little long in the tooth, but they started up afterwards, but I'll tell you this. I, I wish I'd had the opportunity uh, to play in the big Ten tournament, having, having covered it the last five times, the five, last five years, almost six years, wow, it's hard to believe I've been doing this this long. It has been absolutely amazing. It has been electric. Almost never the person, the team that you pick wins. And I'm sure <laughs> Illinois went in as the number one seed this year after tying Wisconsin and having the tiebreaker. Uh, for the regular season uh, championship, I'm sure no one expected Iowa to sneak in there and win the championship. But before we get to that, let's take a look back. And I am and I know you as a big Illini fan, when you watch the game, the Illinois game against Indiana, get to, give me just a little bit of your thoughts, coach, player and analyst. Yeah, well, here's what I
1: take when I go you know, when we talk about a tournament and we'll be real here, right? We're not going to be uh, PC. We're not going to give the answer that everyone thinks you want to hear. Every team comes into that tournament with a different mindset mm-hmm. and you can say, how can you not be excited? Of course you want to win. We all want to win, right? Every team walks into Indianapolis and the goal is to win, but every team comes in with a different mindset and fans may not want to hear that. It may sound like an excuse, but it's the truth. And I was involved in four Big Ten tournaments. And my sophomore and junior year, we won the regular season title. So of course, when we go to the Big Ten tournament, we want to win the Big Ten tournament title. But we didn't have that edge. We didn't have that chip on our shoulder. My senior year, we lost on the last game of the year to Wisconsin on a free throw with two seconds to go to lose by one. Wisconsin's Big Ten champs, we finished second. So when we went to the Big Ten tournament, we were hungry. We were angry. We thought we were the best team for the regular season. And we thought this was our opportunity to show it. And we won the Big Ten tournament. So we came in with a different mindset. I promise you, I walked into every Big Ten tournament in my career and I wanted to win it. But there was a different edge that senior year because we didn't win the regular season. We lost by a game. We felt angry. We felt, and, then, and you have that, that different kind of attitude coming into that tournament. So that's how I approach it. And it's like, how could you lose to Indiana, right? You you spanked them at their place, you know, just a month before you controlled that entire game at Indiana's assembly hall, where it's a very tough place to play. So how can you can control that game? And then you go on a neutral court and you lose. And, you know, it's as simple as Indiana needed that game to get into the NCAA tournament. And, And it sounds crazy, but Illinois was coming off of probably the most emotional game in Illinois basketball in 17 years. So in program history, you're talking about celebrating on your home court. You're talking about cutting down nets, something that you have set out to do the entire season. Everything led up to that and you did it. So when you did it, the balloon got let out a little bit. And, and that's that's understandable. These are still 18 to 22-year-old men, kids, even in some instance, right? So yeah. you're dealing with a lot. So for them to have to turn around, come right back and get that killer instinct right back, I'm not making excuses, but it's a truth. It, 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 everyone came in with a different mindset. So Illinois looked a little flat. You know, they, they come out, they're not in sync, they're a little flat. Uh, And Indiana needed it. They were hungry. They were aggressive. They made some plays when they needed to. Uh, You know, how does Wisconsin lose at home to Nebraska? It's the unthinkable. Well, three nights before they beat Purdue or four nights before and they celebrated, they cut down nets, they gave them the trophy. Their season was over at that point. So Nebraska comes in and beats them. That's how these things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so just to take it from that point, uh, is it disappointing Illinois lost? Of course it is. It, it, did they play their best basketball? No, they did not. Right. It, it, guys miss shots. They normally make uh, turnovers and situations. They don't normally do it. Um, but in general, if you take that game, Illinois has come off a big 10 championship. Indiana was desperate and needed to win that game to get into the NCAA tournament. And sometimes that's the difference in these conference tournaments. I try not to look at these conference tournaments and take too much Obviously, your teams are playing well, that's a good thing going into the NCAA tournament. But I try to not take just those one game or three games and base the season on that because everyone's
0: coming in with a little bit of a different mindset. Yeah, I I think you nailed something right on the head. Uh, If you look at Illinois last year Mm -hmm. and when they won the the Big Ten tournament, they felt slighted because Michigan had taken the regular season title and they went into that Big Ten tournament with a mission and coach Underwood actually made comment about that very same thing he was like hey last year we put a lot of emphasis on this because they felt that they had won the regular season but yet it was taken away from them and given to Michigan so they were really in the tournament to prove something great um I I love the way you look at it and the way you have you know, really pointed out because I can tell you right now, I know Align Nine Nation did not look at it that way. And, you know, and that's why I wanted you on this show, brother, <laughs> for that right there. Uh, because Indiana had just fought a hard fought match against Michigan where they were down, I believe, it was 17 and they had to come back. And like you said, mm-hmm. this was another opportunity for them to make it to the tournament, uh, to put themselves into the tournament. And they did that. But, you know, One of the things that surprised me this year, uh, you have to take your hat off to that Penn State team. I mean, they knock off Minnesota, which everyone felt that they would, but then they turned around and knocked off a really good, but struggling Ohio State team before playing Purdue uh, and then running it pretty much into a bus. Yeah, they were
1: playing extremely well, and they played Illinois tough. Yeah, you know, so we were talking the second to the last game of the season, too. So a team that was peaking at the right time, they were starting to play well. Um, you know, they, they give you problems on the perimeter with the size of some of their guards, uh, some mismatch situations there. Um, and then, you know, that's the beauty of a Big Ten tournament. That's the beauty of an NCAA tournament. You got to get hot for two or three nights and, and you just got to play well for two or three nights and you can make some special memories. And, and Purdue or I'm sorry, Penn State almost did that until they got uh, you know, into Purdue there. Um, but you know that showed you kind of the the depth of this league too, right? So a team that finishes down towards the bottom can almost beat Illinois at Illinois, and then makes a couple, you know, wins a couple games in the neutral site in the Big Ten, then gives Purdue, you know, a little bit of a test there uh, late in the game. They, they they pulled back in that one, so uh, it showed the strength of the league. And these guys beat up on each other all year. You know, it, oh, yeah. it, twenty game Big Ten's a grind. So I know you didn't play twenty games. I didn't play 20 games. We we were 16 back then. And you know, a 16-game Big Ten is a grind. So uh, a 20-game Big Ten schedule, uh, it, it's a gauntlet, and you go through some
0: stretches there where it's it, it's rough. It is. And and you know, Coach Isle this 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 year passed uh, Coach Shosheski, and you know, that's hard, that's a hard thing to do. But he was able to pass Coach K. And this was a Michigan State team that came in struggling in a way into the Big Ten tournament but they were able to knock off Maryland and then upset uh, Wisconsin which was a big win for them and kind of control that game but it was a little weird of course with the ending with the Davis boys and how everything took place but then they end up running again into Purdue when you saw that matchup well first of all what was your thoughts? And I don't, and I I know you're down in Florida, so I don't want, if I'm putting you on the spot, I apologize, but everything that took place in that Michigan and Wisconsin game, how did you see that? And and was it really, I I think it affected the game and I'll tell you this, and I was watching the little bit that I was able to see before I had to get, you know, myself prepared for my game uh, for, for things that we were doing for work seemed like the, Wisconsin was getting a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. How how did you see that game if you had an opportunity to take a look? Yeah,
1: I I didn't get to watch all of it, but some of it. And, you know, for me, Michigan State is the team that I can't figure out this year. Um, You know, I just really can't. So kind of watching that, um, you know, I think this is maybe one of Coach Izzo's best coaching jobs, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. They don't have a star player you know, normally Michigan state's got that guy that's going to be, you know, NBA type player. I think they have a bunch of really good role players right now. Kind of when you look at Michigan state and that's not a Michigan state team, they usually have a couple, you know, horses that you can ride. So, you know, that is a team that, that I'm struggling to figure out We're we're at the end of the year. And I really don't know what to expect from them. You know, it's, you know, it's, Never doubt Izzo, right, when it comes to March. But Especially at March. You know, yeah, yeah, it's a team I just – I don't trust them right now. I, I just don't. And, again, maybe it's it's, it's some of those close losses they have. Maybe it's they don't have that go-to player. Um, so, for them to kind of make a run in the Big Ten, again, now I start thinking, here they go again, right? Like, here comes Michigan State at the right time. They're going to start playing well. So, to be honest with you, that, that's a team that I am really – struggling to figure out and especially it moving into the, into the NCA. I, I just don't know what to think about them right now. And um, you know, I think they got a tough draw. We'll get, we'll break kind of all that up, you know, coming up uh, earlier or, or a little bit later, but you know, that, that's a team right now. I, I've really, I was shocked that Michigan state stayed at the top of the standings as long as they did to be honest. And I, I don't feel like they were a top three, four team in the big 10. There, there was just, there's more talent on other teams. Uh, so really good job by Izzo, I thought, this year, to even have those guys in contention for
0: that long and then to go ahead and make a little bit of a run there in the Big Ten Tournament. Yeah, I agree. Co- coach, you know, in my opinion, is definitely one of the best coaches in the country, if not the best. Um, he always seems to, like you said, have his guys ready, and, and they're always ready at the right time. So this was probably, well, let's, let's go here first. Matt Painter is a good friend of mine. I've always respected, love what has done over there. Really love the way Michigan State, uh, it seems like they just keep rolling along with the things that they do. And I'm talking about this is going back from Katie and forward to Matt Painter. It just seems like they just keep rolling and rolling along. Plus, that's one of the hardest places in the Big Ten to play. Where do you see this Purdue team? I know, you know, the, the, the people that the, the you know the the coaches where there was the AP poll or one of them love this Purdue team kept them up there at the top, which I get. You know, Edie and 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 um, Ivy and they had a really good team, really good coaches. How do you see this Purdue team? Yeah, they're they're dangerous, but at the same time, a little bit
1: disappointing of a season, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really hard to win a Big Ten championship. It's it's right. very hard, but to beat Illinois twice. (laughs) So that's one of the, so you beat them twice. Yes. And one of them was, you know, taking them out back and really taking care of them and and Mackey. So to win that, that twice, and then still not get a share means you lost to a lot of other teams. So I think that's the disappointing thing for Purdue. Um, You know, had some really good non-conference wins right early Mm -hmm. on, obviously, you know, beat Illinois twice. Um, but you lose to Wisconsin twice, you know, so that obviously that is why they don't win a big 10 championship. They lose to Wisconsin twice, but um, you know, really talented team. They can get you inside and out, obviously very difficult matchup when you got a guy like Edie on the inside, really difficult to match up with Ivy on the outside when he gets in the open floor. Uh, So it's a tough matchup for teams, but they don't guard like Purdue Guard. So it's kind of like you said, Purdue is Purdue they, and, and you hate guard going against them. Normally teams are putting up points on this year. So yes. that is obviously cause for concern. Um, and then they struggle to close out games at times, you know, so it, it, it's, it's, do they Ivy's the go-to guy, but sometimes I don't know if, they can trust him just to go make a play, you know? So Painter does a great job running sets and getting guys shots. But a lot of times those shots aren't for Ivy. It would be for somebody else. So it's, it's almost, you got so many guys that could make the last shot that I don't really know who feels comfortable taking it all the time. I've seen them try to close out games uh, with Williams inside. I've tried to see them you know, go to Ivy. Uh, They've gone to Edie, Uh, you know, so like everybody has, made a big shot somewhere along the line for them, or they've gone to that guy. They don't have that one guy that they're going to go to. And, and sometimes I think they get a little stagnant on offense late in games because it's kind of like, who are we going to go to? Who are we going to play through?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. they,
1: they, they run a little more smooth in the flow of the game, but then when it gets down to crunch time, it's kind of like, where are we going to go? We're not just going to get everybody involved. Who's that one guy that we can kind of go to? Uh, and they struggle at times. So really talented team really yeah. talented, but to not win the big 10 regular season and not win the big 10 tournament, I can understand where that fan base right now is feeling
0: a little bit of frustration uh, and a little bit of disappointment with kind of how that season went for them. Right. And probably a little confused as well. Cause you're right. They started off high. They beat some really good teams and seem to falter somewhere. Like you said, I don't know if it's a little confusion on who the guy is or just or having confidence in the guy. I think they have confidence in Ivy as being that guy, but it, it does seem at times that they, they become a little discombobulated and probably the hottest team in the big 10 right now. Yeah. You know, the, and that got, went on to become the eventual champions after losing a, a really hard fought game in Champaign, with an opportunity to win it, you know, basically at the buzzer with a shot from the corner from a 40% three-point shooter, if it wasn't for the hard work and effort of DeMonte Williams, maybe there's a different outcome. The Iowa Hawkeyes have, in my opinion, over the last, say, three to four months been the best team in the Big Ten. And, And so I wasn't surprised that they won the Big Ten tournament. But what do you see when you have looked at this Iowa team throughout the year?
1: Yeah, they're playing really well right now. And offensively, they've been doing that for years, right? It's always kind of the knock on Iowa is they can score. They want to get up and down, but they don't guard. Uh, But they've been defending here lately and um, they've been pretty tough physically, mentally, um, you know, down the stretch. So, so they are hot right now. And again, I try not to take too much from the conference tournaments, uh, but they looked really good in the conference tournament, but they also were playing really well before the conference tournament. So this is kind of like a continuation. You're letting it all just kind of blend together. I'm not just taking the three games they won in Indy, right? So that that was impressive. They're playing well, but they were playing well before that. And uh, lose at Illinois, but I really respected the way they played in that game. I mean, you're talking, you're coming into a place uh, I mean, you were there probably one of the craziest scenes, toughest atmospheres probably in the Big Ten this year. I'm, I'm imagining Wisconsin was right there with the yeah. Purdue game, right? So the way that Wisconsin came out against Purdue to clinch uh, at home, those are probably the two toughest environments that anybody had to face this year at Wisconsin when Purdue went and at Illinois when Iowa went. And Iowa really controlled that ball game I- until late. So Illinois was able to kind of, right, midway through the second half, finally kind of take that lead. And you felt yeah. like that momentum shifted, but for Iowa to go in Illinois and play the way they did for that long in that environment. And then like you said, inches away from that shot going down and pulling out the victory. So really impressive there. And then they just continued right on through into the big 10. So the way that they had been playing at the end of the year is how they played uh, in the big 10 tournament. And uh, they're, they're probably the only team that looked the way they did in the big 10 tournament that they did at the end of the season. They just they did they just kind of let that kind of mesh into one. So they're playing extremely well. They are a dangerous team in the NC tournament, no question about it. And uh, a really, really good run in Indy there to uh,
0: to take the Big Ten title. Yeah, they were impressive. And I really like the, you know, they're playing a lot of small ball with the Murray brothers. And it has worked so well for them. I mean, Chris Murray has been able to do some, you know, really good job against bigger guys in the post, and then stretch them outside. And then Keegan Murray has just been lights out. I think that kid has probably put himself in the lottery picture. <laughs> I mean, he's been playing so well. But you know, before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about my partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up yet with Bet Rivers now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure and more reliable. With the NCAA basketball tournament kicking off, it's still time to get in on the action by going to Bet Rivers today by down or by downloading the bet rivers ios app you must be 21 years or older if you have a gambling problem please call 1-800-GAMBLERS so sean we talked about the big 10 tournament now let's kind of dissect these teams and their matchups as they go into uh the ncaa tournament you know, the Big Ten, again, dominant conference with the majority of the teams going in this year with nine. And there's going to be some people that that crinkle up their eyeballs, you know, with some of the teams that have gotten in there. But I, I have watched college basketball all year, and of course covering Illinois, I've covered the Big Ten. I didn't see a conference, and please give me your opinion, from top to bottom this year, as tough as the big 10. Now the very top of some of the others may be better than the very top of the big 10 teams, Maybe. But what I know is I haven't seen one from one through 10 um, as tough as the big 10. What do you think?
1: Yeah. And the only one I would put up there is the big 12. I I would put the big 12 up there with, with talking about the depth of that league. Um, you know, the, the bottom teams in that league were a very tough out as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I would say those were the two best leagues top to bottom, like you said. Every night you got to bring it uh, and there's no easy one. So I, I would agree. The Big Ten was very difficult this year and the Big 12 was right there with it. So you, you kind of look at, um, you know, who finished kind of the bottom half of, of those leagues. Uh, when you start talking like a West Virginia uh a kansas state uh iowa state is in the ncaa tournament and, and, and you know they finished way down so that that was it that was a tough run in the big 12 as well but yeah both conferences I, I i think separated themselves as far as depth and um you know every night having a good opponent that you're facing yeah
0: and it's going to be some uh, rough starting you know in here march 15th, 16th we got those first four play-in games We talked about that Indiana team that needed to fight and scratch to get past Michigan and then to get past a really good Illinois team. So now they're in the East bracket and they're going up against Wyoming. Now, I have to say, I haven't seen a whole lot of Wyoming, but when they were doing the selection Sunday, it seems like that Wyoming team is pretty doggone good. What what do you see um, or what do you think Indiana needs to do to be successful and move past Wyoming in that first game?
1: Yeah. I mean, really play the way that they've been playing, you know, as a balanced attack inside and out, Um, you know, uh, Jackson Davis has been playing great, you know, in in the tournament. So um, to get him going, uh, I think Indiana, you know, it's the quick turnaround and and that's, that's the big thing in the NCAA tournament is you don't know your opponent, right? You, You don't have the scouting like you normally have. So, can Indiana play a little bit more of a free flowing game? I, I think that'll be important for them is it. They don't want to have a grinded out game. See if they can get up and down a little bit more. That tends to be what happens sometimes in the NSA tournament is teams that have just gotten bogged down in conference play. You get to get loose and a little bit more free uh, and take advantage of that. So, um, you know, it, to me, it's, it's a second life for Indiana, you know, it, five days ago, six days ago, they're probably not in the NCA tournament and they had to win two games to get in and they're in a playing game. So that, that speaks to exactly where the committee thought they were is they're one of the last teams in. So, you know, they have nothing to lose kind of at this point. And you mentioned Wyoming coming from a very good conference, but they finished fourth in that conference, you know, so it's, uh, they got four teams in. Um, so it's kind of one of those, you know, that they have to impose their will on them and really jump on them early and hopefully, you know, for an Indiana fan then that they don't, you know, kind of get into that, you know, upset mind kind of a thing because Indiana should be a favorite in that one. And that's a game that they should win and should move on into the, you know, the, the, uh, the bracket then of the field of 64 at that point.
0: Now I agree. I think I like Indiana in that game. and, And I really like them because of the play of the transfer guard from Pitt, Xavier Johnson. I mean, man, to watch this kid play and how he utilized the pick and rolls against um, Illinois was, was high level. Let's just say it. I mean, his ability to get there, knock down the little mid range shot to get to the basket, to distribute the ball to others. I mean, over the last, I'd say six weeks, he's averaged close to 20 points a game. So that inside outside combination between he and, and trace Jackson Davis, I think is going to be, um, really what pushes them over, <coughs> excuse me, really what pushes them over the top of that, that Wyoming team. And then our next game, we're going to go West where now you got Rutgers who I believe is a very good team, uh, going up against a stout uh, Notre Dame team who Illinois beat earlier this year. And of course, Illinois spit split games with Rutgers, um, in their home and away series. How, how do you see that matchup taking place? But I tell you, because I love this Rutgers team. I love what Coach Pico has has done with them since he's been there. He's made them a rough tumble, but yet skilled team at the same time.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, that's a team, again, they went through that stretch there in the middle of the Big Ten. It was really impressive. Um, so you're not going to find a team on the bubble that has better quality wins than Rutgers. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a mindset. You said like, Michael's done a really good job of making them tough, making them physical, uh, grind it out, right? Like like you're going to work for everything you get against Rutgers. There's nothing easy. Um, You know, I I do, I like that team. Um, uh, You know, Harper obviously can light you up at any time uh, and, and go for, uh, you know, twenty or thirty points potentially and carry a team. You need someone like that in an NCAA tournament atmosphere. You need a go-to guy that can get you buckets, uh, that can get you a, a shot when you're struggling. So they've got that guy that could go and get you one if everybody else is struggling. It's not a one-man team, but they do have that one guy that if you get into that that scoring drought, we know we've got you know someone that we can feed and he can go get us a bucket. So um, you know. Notre Dame it, it's hard to get a read on them. I think the ACC is as bad as it's been in my lifetime, probably Agreed. you know it, it, it's just it, it, they had a down year. It, it was just it, there's not a lot of uh, top heavy teams on that you know, and there it's Duke and it's everybody else in that conference this year it, it, There just wasn't much separation between two between two and probably eleven, you know in in that league. It was just a bunch of teams that were solid teams but no great teams. so um You know, when's the last time the second place team in the ACC is in a playing game? Yeah, I mean, so that just kind of tells you the strength of where that league was. So uh, how good is Notre Dame? You know, I think they, you know, I would pick Rutgers in that one just because I think Rutgers has probably been through a a bigger grind in their conference season and they beat better teams. You know, they they just they played against the best and they beat the best
0: this year in the Big Ten so that they're capable of winning big games. I agree with you 100%. Plus, I like the play of, of, of their guards, uh, G.O. Baker and McCahey, And they have big guards, too. I mean, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see those guys go up against um, whomever they're playing after this, this Notre yeah. Dame game because I think they're a threat yeah. uh, to play against anyone. As you mentioned, Ron Harper Jr. can give you buckets. but at the, Oh, they have Alabama but Ron Harper Jr. can give you buckets. You got, you know, Pat McConnell is one of the best defensive players in the country, having won the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. So they can really hit you from a number uh, of spots. But let's move over into the West Bracket. And in that West Bracket, as we talk about the play-in game between Rutgers and Notre Dame, the winner gets Alabama. But so we don't have to really go into that one. But you look at this Michigan State game against Davidson.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I'm a little nervous about yeah. that game right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, you know, Davidson, very good team. Um, I wouldn't call 10-7 games a crazy upset, but that could be an upset. And, and, again, it's what we talked about a little bit earlier. I, I hate – going against Tom Izzo, I don't even like to think about that in March, but this is, it's just not one of his better teams, it just isn't, and, and you wonder where some of that scoring could come from at times, um, you know, they can go into some of their droughts, uh, you know, they've shown flashes this year, uh, they, they, you know, they have some big wins, but I just, I don't know if I trust them, and, and I, I could, I could see a slip up there in the Big Ten as, as Michigan State potentially taking an early exit, more than likely, if they were to win, they get Duke. I don't see them getting past Duke. So I, I think it's it's a shorter trip for Michigan State this year. And I would not be surprised if they fell in that first one. Um, just because, like I said, I just, I, just, I just don't trust, you know, anybody on that team to maybe go make a play when you need one. Um, it, it's just not the firepower that we've seen out of Michigan State in the past.
0: Yeah, they've been kind of... Finishing by committee, which which is really, like you said, is really odd for them. I mean, and that Davidson team is really good. So it's, it's going to be a struggle for them. But we're going to move down to the east bracket, where we have Purdue. Purdue's first game is against Yale. I'll tell you this. If Matt Painter loses to Yale, I think Matt may cut every player off his team. <laughs> cut every player off his team. And I hate to say that, but they're just so much more talented than this yale team with the 314 matchup but yeah yeah. that's why i have the experts on here i want to hear your your thoughts
1: no i would agree and again we talked about purdue um a little bit of a disappointing year
0: yeah
1: if you're not winning a big 10 regular season you're not winning a big 10 title uh big 10 tournament title they should have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder they should be coming in with a little bit of something to prove so uh, they should take care of Yale. You know, you, you just talk about the depth of Purdue alone uh, in a ball game like that. Um, you know, they, they should be able to win that one. It shouldn't be any problem. Uh, and then so just kind of moving them along, uh, you know, if the Texas or a Virginia Tech team, Virginia Tech obviously just went on a huge run in the ACC tournament. Um, but I like Purdue in both of those matchups. You know, it's just, I, I think, I think Purdue should be able to get to a sweet 16. Yes. It would run into Kentucky in that situation and, and coming into the NCAA tournament. I like Gonzaga, Arizona, and Kentucky It's kind of my like top three looking, um, you know, you didn't know how, I didn't know how it was going to play out. Obviously Kentucky being a two, they could have been in with Gonzaga or Arizona. Uh, they can't all make it to the final four, but those are kind of the three teams that I was eyeing as, you know, who could really win this thing. Um, you know, kind of going forward. So that would put Kentucky and Purdue in the Sweet 16. I think it'd be an, an incredible ball game. Uh, it'd be a really good matchup. Um, you know, Purdue has the talent. They've got, we talked about the inside out, uh, you know, just balanced attack. Uh, but that'd be a tough one for them. And, and they got to play
0: some defense, boy. they got to play defense.
1: And that, that's exactly right. Kentucky can really score. And we haven't seen Purdue lock teams up defensively on a consistent basis this year. So I I think they would fall potentially in that sweet 16 game uh, to Kentucky. And let's be honest for a Purdue team that was ranked in the top five for a good amount of stretch in the season. If they were to not win, they didn't win the big 10 season. They didn't win the big 10 tournament. If they were to get knocked out in a sweet 16, it's a disappointing season. I think for Purdue, for as high ranked as they were for a majority
0: of the season. I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm hoping that they play a lot better and like you said come out with that chip on their shoulder. That's going to be a great game. Uh, But I will say this I would love to see them move on and, and come up against Gonzaga, you know. I, I like the big fellow up in Gonzaga, but man, he he, you know, the wind blows too hard and he's going to go flying around. So I'd love to see him at Edie bump heads, man, just to, <laughs> to see if the skill is... Two completely different players, down. right? Two completely <laughs> different players. Exactly. Opposite <laughs> ends of the spectrum would love to see just that matchup. I don't think they would put... It, put him on ed but i'd love to see just what they would do with that but let's move over to the midwest region so in that midwest region of course we got iowa we have wisconsin and eventually they may end up bumping into each other but let's look at wisconsin first i really like i think this is really set up for wisconsin to be successful um they come out against colgate and then you have lsu or iowa state I think Wisconsin gets past either of those guys, as you said, with, with Purdue over there, which sets them up with a head-to-head, which I believe would be against Auburn. But, what I, again, your thoughts on that bracket and on, uh, on that section of the Midwest and with uh, Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, no, I, w- I would agree. Uh, you know, Wisconsin's a team, they don't win pretty right? I mean, like how many close games did they win this year in the Big Ten? You just felt like, oh, they're about to lose this game. They they pull it out. They're about to lose this game. They're going to pull it out. So they don't wow you. And and so coming into the NCAA tournament, I'm thinking, I don't know if they're going to win a couple games, right? They they could even be a first round upset. That's my mentality coming in. But then the bracket gets released and and I kind of like their draw. You know, It's Colgate. It's a team that, that they can definitely beat. And then an Iowa State team who really took their lumps in the big 12. I mean, they've really got banged up good. So can they even kind of finish out the season And LSU? now doesn't have a head coach, right? So, I mean, well, Wade's not going to be coaching. And so what are they going to look like? You know, this, we don't even know what they're going to look like. So you move that along in Milwaukee as well. Right. So, I mean, like you get to play in Milwaukee, uh, you kind of get that, that part of the bracket that looks good for you. Uh, And then you would get, more than likely auburn you know if everything kind of plays out and two completely different styles yeah. and, and and that would be interesting to see if they're going to play someone in advance that could be the type of game that they could advance because if they can slow down auburn get auburn to play a half court game i don't love auburn, auburns guard play and i think that could maybe favor wisconsin so wisconsin Takes the early exit in the Big Ten tournament again. I don't usually take that much, uh, you know, like I said, you try to not look at just the Big Ten tournament and project what's going to happen. But early exits, you're disappointed, but then you see the bracket, they've got a chance to make a run to the Elite Eight potentially.
0: They do, and and, and you know, it is so hard for any other team that has never had to play against Badger Ball, mm-hmm. yep, because it, it, it's a horse of a different color, man, and it's just tough. But you know, when you have guys like Johnny Davis, so what they've done, they've sprinkled some athleticism to go in with Johnny Davis and Brad Davis, and it really creates a, created a unique um, Badger ball team. When, and fans, you guys know what Badger ball is. You've listened to You've seen it for umpteen years. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see that matchup. And like you said, if they can slow Auburn down, which I think they can, uh, you know, they got the Big Ten Coach of the Year, and I will say probably will end up being up there as one of the, na- the runners for National Coach of the Year, Greg guard because they, were, yeah. they weren't they were picked in to do anything anywhere, and, yeah. and they stayed in the top 25, top 15 basically all year. So it's going to be a yeah. great matchup down there. We're going to move to the top part of that division, which has Iowa in it. And, again, I like the matchups for Iowa. I mean, they're going against Richmond. Then you get a Providence team that I think they I, – I mean, I would probably – Providence is really good, but I think I feel good about Iowa in that game uh, yeah. or a South Dakota team. How, how do you see that part of the bracket? John?
1: Yeah, and obviously, um, you know, South Dakota State can really score. Yes. Or, uh, South Dakota State. So, South Dakota State is a team that could potentially be your matchup then there in that round of 32. Um, so, that would favor better for Iowa potentially just because province is going to grind you out they're going to be a more physical game and in the past that was probably something that iowa would struggle with right they want to play a more of a free-flowing game up up and down but we mentioned it i was guarding better they, they, they can win the grinded out game they won a couple of grinded out games in the big 10 tournament they've won some grinded out games towards the end of the big 10 season but they can really score so um if it's south dakota state I like Iowa because they can probably play their pace and they can get up and down, they can score. And and I like that. If it's Providence, I think Providence could grind it out a little bit and muddy it up and and, and make it an ugly looking game. But it is a game that Iowa can still win because they've proven this year now that they can, they can play a little bit slower and still win. And and you have to be able to to do that. So uh, I do like that draw. I do think Providence is tough. You know, you talk about uh, Ed Cooley the way he gets his guys playing um you know and, and being physical and tough-minded that's a tough second round game with a quick turnaround there for iowa um but they're all tough when you get to that point if you're starting to get to the third round of 32 you're starting to get to the sweet 16 you got to beat good teams uh, and yeah. that is a good team but it, iowa is a team that could definitely make a run and would they match up with a potential kansas then in the sweet 16 and this isn't Kansas's best team either. It, 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 you know they, ha- they had a terrific year. Give them a lot of credit uh, to win the Big 12, win the Big 12 tournament as well uh, to do the double dip there. It's, it's impressive because this is not the most talented team that we've seen in Lawrence in several years either. So uh, Iowa could give them some fits with the Murray brothers stepping out on the perimeter and you start talking about uh, Kansas's bigs are going to have to come out and defend that now. So um, you know, so that would cause some matchup, uh, uh, mismatches potentially in Iowa's favor. So the bracket sets up for Iowa to potentially make a run, um, you know, find themselves potentially in the elite eight. Uh, and wouldn't it be something if you get a Wisconsin, Iowa game in the elite eight and you get a big 10 team, then guarantee the final four. And, and that's not out of the question. You could, you could
0: see an Iowa, Wisconsin matchup in the elite eight. Agreed. Uh, a lot of people were iffy on if Michigan should be there, but they're there. You know, having fought through a tough end of the season, of course, with with Coach Howard being suspended five games, they're coming up against a Colorado State team that's pretty doggone good. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to start with this matchup because you're talking about upset alerts. This is an upset alert. Loyola Chicago is pretty doggone good. Ohio State is struggling right now. Mm -hmm. And it seems they're they like a ship without a rudder. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with them. They're not defending. <clears throat> they're just not playing well. I mean, E.J. Liddell is amazing. I mean, he's, he's one of the best players in the country. Um, I'm forgetting the freshman's name, uh, not, and I covered them and just watched them, so I don't know why I don't remember. But he was freshman of the year in the Big Ten. But for some reason, they seem like they can't find their footing. And now they're coming up against an older Loyola Chicago team that is used to winning um, the coach Valentine was on the staff with um, Porter Mosier you know, when they beat Illinois and when they made some runs. And so this team is used to winning. How, how do you see that matchup? That's a, that's a scary one for Ohio state.
1: It is. It is. Um, yes. A- and you mentioned Ohio state, struggling. Obviously, they played a lot of games in a short stretch at the end of the year. They had to make up some games. And we talked about how tough the big Ten is. You just kind of wonder if they ran out of gas a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think Young missed some games as well. Uh, they're down the stretch as well. so is health an issue kind of for this team right now? Are they healthy going into the NCA tournament? Are their legs there, you know, going into the NCA tournament? Um, Lyola is going to defend and obviously, um, you know, Porter Mosier was a terrific coach, uh, but they got Drew Valentine now, and he's he's basically Porter Mosier, you know, point, 2.0. Yeah, you know I mean, he took a lot of the same kind of things, and they're going to guard. They're going to play hard. So uh, the players on that team have been in these moments, right? So, you know, this is it's a team that uh, guys have had experience. So it's a tough one for Ohio State. That's a tough draw, um, you know, for a seven-seed, to get uh, Loyola and then Villanova. I'd be shocked if Ohio State got out of the first weekend and and wouldn't be surprised if they potentially lost in that first
0: game. Yeah. And then you got Michigan, who, you know, had a tough closeout to the season, as I mentioned, going up against Colorado State with a potential matchup against, you know, Tennessee. Who saw Tennessee win in the SEC? I don't know if it was me, but, man, they played and they looked really well doing it. Tennessee looks really good
1: right now. So that, that is, uh, uh, again, don't know if Michigan can get past Colorado state, to be honest, yeah. um, Colorado state's really good. So I, it, I, I, wouldn't be surprised if Michigan loses right there, but then you get probably a Tennessee team that's playing as good as anybody down the stretch in the sec and then winning the sec tournament. So, um, it, this is a good bracket. I, I, I look at this bracket as, as a whole right here and you start talking Villanova, Tennessee, you know, we're about to get into Illinois, uh, Arizona. It, it, it's it's very top-heavy. I like those four teams a lot. I, I think all four of those teams are really, really good uh, in that bracket. That, that That's a loaded bracket, in my opinion, uh, one through four. I, I think one through four, that could probably be the toughest bracket um,
0: uh, of any of the four when you look at the top four seeds, in my opinion. Now, I, I agree with you 100%, and, and you just gave a precursor. Our our alma mater is up against Chattanooga, which, you know, I I think they win this this Chattanooga game against a former uh, Badger assistant coach. But then that leads them to a possible rematch in probably the second best atmosphere I have seen in Champaign-Urbana. You know, other than the the game against Iowa, the Arizona game. Mm -hmm. But let's look at this potential matchup first, because I think this is the one that should probably keep a line. on nation up a little bit at night, that four or five matchup against Houston. Houston's good. And, and I, I did a lot of uh,
1: games in the American this year. So I, I got to see Houston uh, call the game of Houston's this year, saw a lot of the teams that they were playing against. Um, uh, Calvin Sampson's done a terrific job with this team. Yeah. This, this of team course, is, is Of course, course,
0: everybody's not going to be happy about playing
1: against <laughs> Coach exactly Sampson. Exactly right. They're, they're a little <laughs> bit of a, a back uh, history there uh, while he was at Indiana, right? Yep. Um, but but they're physical. They're real physical, yep. and they guard. Um, they have multiple big bodies that they could throw at Kofi. So okay. that's always the kind of thing I think, where could Illinois slip up? Well, it's teams. That's why Illinois struggled against Purdue. Purdue has multiple bigs that you can put up against Kofi. Not completely stop him, but you can contain him, right? It's not a complete mismatch on the inside. So Houston's got multiple bodies. They've got three or four guys that they're going to throw at him. Houston is very thin, though, as far as depth. They, they, they had uh, two injuries during the year uh, for, for people that didn't follow them, Marcus Sasser uh, and uh, uh, Tremont Mark. So two of their top five scorers, they have played basically the entire conference season without. Um, So they are a very good team, but they are missing some of their firepower. And what happens with Houston sometimes is they play so hard that they wear out towards the end of games Mm. so they can get tired as the game moves on. So if that's an Illinois-Houston matchup, uh, Houston's going to play a very good UAB team, first of all, so they got to get past that. So they're going to exert a lot of energy in that one. But if they get past that one, this will be their second game in three days. And Houston is a team that could potentially wear down as the game goes on. Uh, I've seen that happen a little bit uh, in, their, in their game. So that would be advantage Illinois in that situation. Could they grind it out, wear them down, make the pace a little bit faster if they can to get it going up and down? Uh, and, and, grind, and, and and wear that team down because they do not have much of a bench. They're going to play eight, and that's being generous. They usually probably play seven guys, um, and sometimes it's, it's a little closer to six. So uh, it's a thin roster on the perimeter, really only playing four guards. Um, uh, but it is a team that can give Illinois some trouble Uh, When they go small with Fabian White playing the five, he can knock down threes. So Kofi's going to maybe have to come out and guard a guy that you know can shoot 40% from three. So it's a little bit of a tough matchup, but then they have the size to defend Kofi a little bit on the other end. So uh, tough matchup, real tough matchup. Um, Like I said, I'd like that it'd be the second game. And I would want the pace to be a little bit quicker to try to wear
0: Houston down a little bit and take advantage of that depth great job coach. I love that. I love it all. I I really like all of that. So here you go. Now I'm going to have you pull the rabbit out the hat, Sean. Which Big 10 team goes the furthest? You know, this is a tough
1: one. And it really comes down to to matchups probably. And it's um Wisconsin's the team I feel I, I don't like them the most. <laughs> I think they're the team that could potentially go the farthest just because of the matchups. I, I don't trust them. I don't think they're playing great basketball to move on, but I like their pull. Um, you know, I think Illinois has got a tough draw. I think Houston's a very tough second matchup. And I mentioned it was Gonzaga, Arizona, and Kentucky were the three teams that I thought were probably the scariest come tournament time, and Illinois would have to go through in Arizona. So um, that's a tough matchup for them. So. I could see Illinois getting to a sweet 16. I can see Iowa and Wisconsin getting to a sweet 16 um, and potentially Purdue. Uh, And and I don't know if any of them could potentially win those games. That's kind of where I see is one or two of those teams break through. So those are the four that I could see being in a sweet 16 um, and I could potentially see, Wisconsin against an Auburn team being the one that could win that. I think that's the easiest matchup. Iowa would have to beat Kansas more than likely. Illinois would have to beat Arizona more than likely. Um, So Wisconsin by bracket could be the one that would potentially go the furthest. But I see four teams
0: probably in the Big Ten getting to the Sweet Sixteen. Man, I I love that, Sean, and that's why I had you on here, man. That's why I, I couldn't have a better person on here than you because the way you just broke that down was masterful, my friend. But I will say this, and I'm sure a line our nation is gonna be excited because we faced Arizona without uh Andre Carbello and without a health, a really health some healthy players and, and things of that nature. So I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup with everybody at hundred percent. But man, Arizona is really, really, really good. Yeah. Um but, and but that, I like and,
1: that we played them already.
0: That that's a big key. It's a big
1: key that and you have that extra edge. That's what we talked about. When
0: you lose to a
1: team, you've got a little bit of an edge when you play them that next time. Uh, so I like that Illinois has at least seen them already. Um, uh, and uh, Kerr, what's the deal with Kerr? right? If he, if his ankle's not healthy and he can't play, I think that's a big thing for Arizona. You know, it's, they played great in the PAC 12 tournament without them. Um, but that's, that's a big piece to the puzzle. If he's not able to play uh, in that sweet 16 game, depending on how he is.
0: Yeah, cousin in Champagne, um, Illinois had him down until Kerr decided to start playing because he was playing point guard before. He was distributing, it and it was like, no, I don't need to score. And then all of a sudden, he was like, okay, light switch time, <laughs> and he turned it on. So, you know, kind of the tables could be turned if he's not healthy uh, this time around. But, Sean, I appreciate you, man. Yeah. This, this was absolutely amazing. It was fabulous. Um, I hope I can bump into you while we're all out there on the road, man, it's always, always a pleasure uh, sitting with you. Uh, but Illini Nation, there's your bracket busters. Oh, you fill them out. Take a look. I know everybody's going to be like me and have Illinois going to the championship, even though a lot of the times it's not realistic, but that's just the Homer and me on yeah. Champagne. and on right. ice. You got to
1: fill one out with your heart. and You got to fill one out with your head. <laughs> there you that's go. You gotta you gotta have <laughs> two brackets there.
0: There you go. Well, Sean, I appreciate you, man. And Illini fans, thank you for joining us tonight on Champagne on Ice. To my partners at the Field of 68, thank you. This has been another great year. Looking forward to continuing to move forward and build and grow with this crew. If you have not subscribed to them yet, Align Our Nation, look up Field of 68 Media. They carry a lot of great content, and they have been absolutely fabulous to your boy. And to my partners over at Bet River Sportsbook, again, Champagne on Ice isn't here if it's not for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And looking forward to it, Sean. We getting ready to go, baby. It's that time. Enjoy Enjoy the tournament. All right, brother. Take care. Be safe.